Hey folks, before we get into today's episode, we wanted to take a moment to provide a content warning. We do have a brief discussion about a sensitive topic, which is suicide. That happens around the one hour mark of this episode. So if you want to avoid that, maybe give yourself five minutes before and five minutes after, just to steer clear of it. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of self-harm or suicide, please seek help immediately. You'll find in the show notes, we've included some resources and helpline numbers that you can reach out to if you find yourself in the situation. I think we should we should make our own Plex server. Mm-hmm. With like movies we really love on it or something. I don't know. Or start collecting Blu-rays. Yeah, I gotta start. But they're so expensive for Blu-rays, man. It's like 40 bucks yeah. a pop. 30, 40 bucks a pop for a nice one. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's life. Um, back home now at mom and dad's. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, How's that going? And, uh, it's good. I just been working, and then I had to go okay. the paper, and just been busy as hell. So. Yeah. Are you done? You're done. I'm done now, today. 100%? I'm done today. Yeah. I'm gonna go hang out with some of the boys after. Get a beer nice, tonight. Nice. Relax. Got the day off tomorrow, and then I work the rest of the week. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I get there on Thursday, so I'm like, that's nice. Yeah, I think I work. Pretty excited to yeah, see I think everybody. I work, I work Thursday, Friday, then I just day off, then I work Christmas Eve, and then I'm off for like five days or something. Yeah, man, how many Christmas Eves have you worked in a row consecutively? Many, bro. Like many, like five, six. It's a pretty fall. It's a pretty fall. Yeah, honestly, like probably five or six. Yeah. Yeah. But it's only worked for like five. Yeah. So it's only nine. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, yeah, I don't know what else is new. I bought a, my friend, my friend gave me like a, a Nerf dart gun as a Christmas present. Yeah, and send me videos out with your cat. <laughs> yeah, and I shoot it for Hazel and she just like loves it. It's so fun. That is fun. Yeah. So yeah. I think we should uh, dive into this thing. Okay, sounds good. Welcome to the Flicks with the Foys podcast, the movie podcast where we're two brothers. I'm your host, Jordan. Yo, and I'm Carson. Nice to meet y'all. <laughs> Yo, well, I'm Carson. Um, <laughs> today we're talking about uh, the 1946 movie, It's a Wonderful Life, starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, many others, and directed by Frank Capra. <laughs> There's a lot of people in this movie. A lot of people in this movie. I'm not going to list them all. No. Nah. Mm. Yeah, man. What uh what's your background with this movie, bro? What do you Yeah, I mean it's I think it's the best Christmas movie ever. If you listen to our oh, last episode. Bro. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean it's one of my favorite probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Like in it'd be in my a short list, maybe, you know. I I don't like remember watching this movie for the first time. Like it's kind of one of those things that just has always been around. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I remember. I remember being like a little kid, and like mom and dad were watching or something, and I was so concerned about George's ear. Um, <laughs> like, cause like he loses it, and then like there's the scene where he's bleeding, and I remember just it kind of scared me a bit, but I was so like worried about him. Um, but again, I don't think this movie. 
I think I watched it all the way until like middle or high school, definitely high school. Um, and it, but I don't think it's a movie I would have particularly enjoyed as a kid. Like this is more of an adult Christmas movie, I think. Yeah, I think like what I reminded me of like as a kid, it was just like you just watch it with the family. Like as a kid, I remember this movie. I thought this movie was like three hours long as a kid. Like I thought this went on forever. But like it was just kind of like <laughs> kind of does. Not really. Do you think it did? You, I felt it like has really actually really good pacing, but it has great pacing. But it is a long movie. Like it's like it's two, two hours and ten hours minutes long. long. It's two hours and ten minutes long. Oh really? I thought it was like two and a half. No, that's okay. That's the version I watched, at least. I will um, eat my words. Yeah, yeah the director's cut. Film. The director's cut is three hours. <laughs> it's, long. The, it's the yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the director's cut six hours long. No, yeah, but for me, like this movie, like it's I'm like extremely I'm extremely biased. So like, like everything, like everything in this movie kind of works for me. So I just love it. I kind of like time watching it, and like, it kind of just like works good for me, and it's like. Just sweet. Like, just like any time I, watch. I just had a really good time. Like last night, watching it again. Be a bit of a yeah. jerk show for me. <laughs> we can edit that, but that's the that's the phrase I'm using. So, I I um I just have to interrupt. I I just thought of like I had a really funny thought. It's like the Schneider cut of It's Wonderful. Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like dark and gritty. Like it's like an anti yeah. hero George Bailey. <laughs> He's like Batman. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Man. Sorry. Um, yeah, man. I I um I agree with everything you said. I think we can just hop right into into vibe check, uh, which is mood and tone. Yeah, this is the best Christmas movie like ever. Um, I find it's super super hopeful and optimistic. And for me, this is like what Christmas is all about. And I cry every single time I watch this movie. Yeah, this like, movie is no truly like. Yeah, totally. This movie is just such a like a feel good movie the entire time, and like hundred percent. But it's like it's just like nuanced, got like cool characters and some interesting like you know, like like how life can be, and it just like envelops you. But it also is super heartwarming, but also has some interesting things to like think about. So I think it's like I don't know, it's sweet, man. And it's got like it's just it's super old, has that super old vibe, and like it's just super fun. Like I don't know. I, I know it's it's interesting like that's part of something I'll talk about in like narrative ride but yeah like it I haven't watched a lot of movies from the 1940s but there's something about this movie being old that is part of its appeal and it, it kind of transcends time I guess though like it's still very timeless and part of the appeal is that like there's all this weird old stuff going on but the story is just so pure and is so applicable i think across history and yeah it's yeah it's just so good there's so many things that just this movie fires on so many cylinders yeah i mean and it's crazy too like when it like when it came out it didn't even receive that much buzz but like it's gone on to become you know one of the most you know claimed probably holidays movies and you know it's just a claimed movie in general like yeah one of the best movies ever i would say oh i mean totally man like i don't know if anyone cares about this but even like like, because I don't really believe in Rotten Tomatoes, but I like like the Letterbox review. It has like an average star count, and this movie averages four point five stars every review, which is like insane. Like, if you've looked at other ones, you're just like, oh my goodness! Like everyone loves this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh, let's hop into the narrative ride. So plot, dialogue, 
and editing. So screenplay is by Francis Goodrich, Albert Hackett, Frank Capra, uh, with additional scenes written by Joe Swirling, and it's based on The Greatest Gift by Philip Van Dorenstern. Before we get into this too, I just want to say this movie is going to be kind of tougher for us to analyze because it's not like these people that worked on this movie are our contemporaries. Like I've never seen another Frank Capra movie or like I've never seen Jimmy Stewart movies. I haven't. I know. I know. He's and Jimmy Stewart's been in like a thousand things. I think I've only seen three or four. Um, so it is going to be harder for us, but we will like talk about the people that worked on it because they are, you know, they worked on this movie and, and it's important to highlight their, their work. So just wanted to like have that caveat in there before we, before we dive in. So can you give us the, what's this movie about cars? Yeah. So this um, movie follows, you know, the life of uh, George Bailey. It's kind of, it's set in this, it begins with lots of people praying for George Bailey and it shows these, these, you know, these, these angels talking about his life and then they kind of run through his entire life and lead up to that, that day where he's having the rough day and it kind of shows him to be, he, he's a guy who like sacrifices kind of everything for people and does it begrudgingly and it kind of just, you know, follows his life and, and it like kind of, it's got this superintendent where the, his guardian angel Clarence, like he shows him that he, if he never existed and it like, he kind of shows him that the meaning of life and makes him like, you know, want to go back and enjoy his actual life that's how i'd say it you know yeah it's obviously a lot Thank more going you. on but no i think that's a concise summary of it's a wonderful life <laughs> it's the first multiverse movie bro Spider- into the spider-verse who bro <laughs> yeah um uh it's a wonderful life i think employees are pretty unique framing right like it opens with like you were saying it's the voiceovers of all all the residents of bedford falls praying for george and then and then the movie kind of starts with their angels i think in heaven depicted and they're depicted as galaxies and stars which i think is a which pretty is creative sweet. take yeah, on things super cool actually i really yeah. like that take yeah right and then they take us through george's entire life and i appreciate this movie because it's very show don't tell with george we get a little bit of narration from the angel. So which the main angel character, his name is Clarence Oddbody, I think. And then his kind of mentor is Joseph, which always really confused me because I don't know much about the Bible, but I thought Joseph was like Jesus's dad and not an angel. Unless there's another angel named Joseph. So hopefully somebody can provide clarification. But yeah, we just kind of see his life. And I think this movie does a really great, like it, it really, um, accomplishes the whole show don't tell thing like we never like get told well we kind of do like you know but like it's not like very like overt people aren't like oh george george bailey is like he's such a good guy like we get a lot of like kind of examples where george is faced with a tough choice and then we get to see him wrestle with that choice and then we get to see him make the choice and then live with the consequences of that choice which we'll talk about in deeper meaning but yeah, the movie is just so, so good at, at kind of showing us his life and not, not yeah. like telling us that he's a good person. I don't think he is a good person, but it's showing us like his motivation and he's just, he's very fleshed out and realistic. I mean, yeah, I think what makes the movie like really, like, I think what a big factor why this, everyone loves this movie is like the narrative. Like it's just, it's super engaging and expansive, you know, it follows decades of, of time and it hits also some, you know, like important American historical like moments. And I, parts of me like think that 
one maybe reason this movie like also looks so cool like i don't know when it was exact film dates or whatever but it comes out in 46 right like right after the war and i think like some of the shots during those times it looks like it's really fleshed out and realistic and you kind of like wow like it's just a cool movie to watch you know all these years later and just see like maybe a glimpse into what time was like back then and it's wrapped around this character george bailey who's like who knows if he's good or bad but he's an awesome fictional character and like one of my you know favorite guys really um so i mean it falls his life really good and yeah it's just like this he's got this undying like just you know he's he always he's very he always sacrifices what he wants for others which i think does make him a good lad jordan <laughs> well in general. yeah i mean like i think that he he does it begrudgingly for sure but he does do it but he he also isn't always nice to everybody is the point i was gonna make like he does some yeah he can be a little rude at times and obviously different circumstances and stuff but i just mean that's not like the point of the movie like i, I think yeah. it'd be incorrect to be to take away from this movie like oh george bailey is like a really great person which totally that's we can talk about in like our, yeah. our deeper meaning and execution because uh, I used to think that, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. But I think it, you bring up some really good points about covering some historical, big historical moments in American history. Uh, I mean, it's mostly World War Two, but well, in the, um, the Great Depression, like, yeah, in the Depression, yeah, I've totally, yeah, I forgot about that. But uh, it's kind of like there's something appealing about that, I guess, like revisiting those moments and seeing seeing kind of what was going on through their eyes and this movie does take yeah it takes you through those times and and um it's kind of like we were talking about like this is tough to analyze like when you're when you're like talking about the writing um because one thing i really enjoy about it is the dialogue of the characters but i don't have much to really base it off of but they say yeah. all these funny things like and a lot of it is like relevant to the time period so but some of it is like you you just don't know, right? So like the like hee haw thing that Sam Hill like Sam does. So like that, for example, I don't think like I thought maybe that was like a thing people did, but all the research I've done is just that's like something they wrote for that character. Like it's like his catchphrase or something. So for me, I mean the dialogue I have nothing to really compare it to, but I think I love it because it's kind of old timey. And they have these, you know, like the hee haw and, and all the all these sayings, which kind of elevate it for me again I'm, I'm again i don't know like if that's how they talked or really but i i think it's like is it's a cool aspect to me what do you think it's kind of like watching a foreign film because there's references and things like that that we that just go over my head so for example the when the thing with mr gower happens so there's a scene in the movie for people that don't know where George Bailey as a young younger boy is working in a pharmacy and the pharmacist's son dies and is like kind of he's drunk and he's about to accidentally send somebody the wrong medicine and he looks up at the wall and there's like this like ask dad kind of poster. Yeah, I have no clue with that. Yeah, and it's like, is that just like a cigarette company or something? Like I don't know. Hey, <laughs> but like that's something that we we would just like we you wouldn't like understand, mm-hmm. right? Like, but if it was like I don't know, like a Coca-Cola ad or something we would get. But like it's just, just like a different story. Time. I might, I might get it. But it, it, that kind of stuff really immerses you in the movie. Like you're just like, oh, this is just like the way things are. And it, it, it really 
adds to the appeal of the film. I I think, right? Like it's just kind of like charming, nostalgic, and obviously movies like that, right? Like nostalgic, like kind of romanticizes nah, it a bit, but, but it, it, it's it's, not, it's a movie, right? It's fun. I don't think it's like nostalgic. I'm not like like I don't I'm not watching it cuz I'm like, "Ooh, I I'm watching it for like just the sweeping narrative." Like for me it's like you you start it and then as soon as I start it, you kind of just get swept up in in this journey with these and the, with these characters and all the characters I think kill it like lots of the we'll talk about that later but like just the interactions with with each other and all the different characters and and the writing and some of the things they say to each other just is it's really effective and and interesting and um yeah like even just like every like yeah like Mr. Gower and, and young George like you're just like like that's a really emotional scene when he's he's you know he's in a horrible state and and he when he realizes he messed up and he's he's grabbing him and and it's just like you just it just it's just emotional like it's just like a real you're like oh my goodness like this is i think what makes it different from a lot of christmas movies is that it's like a truly unreal like a truly good movie with lots of good writing and characters where like lots of other movie christmas movies you, you like them just because they're christmasy and, and they're fun but maybe they're not maybe they're not great movies you know what i mean and that's fine and, and who cares what a great or not great movie is but i think what this movie just kind of pulled me in right away and i was like really enjoying it again totally i yeah i agree with you i think in 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 a lot of ways it's almost not a christmas movie but i think be, because it's the kind of climax happens on christmas eve it's associated with with christmas and i think everything you said stands up 100 percent. it's just a good movie and i don't think the the filmmaker at the time i mean i guess there was christmas movies but i don't think the filmmakers intended for this to be a christmas movie and it's it's not really mm, related to a lot of the traditional like there's no santa claus it's not like only a small portion of the movie happens at and it's not even Christmas, it's Christmas Eve. And, but I think, I think a lot of the theme, and we'll get into this in deeper, deeper meaning and execution, a lot of the themes of the movie resonate with people and the feelings it evokes are similar to feelings that Christmas evokes for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's why it's got that staying power. And, I mean, the climax too is like extremely awesome and Christmassy though. Like just the singing and, and everyone come together for a Christmas party. That's why I think it has some appeal, but you're totally right. Like it's not a stereotypical... Yeah, like I mean, like eighty percent of this movie's runtime is just like a, it's an expansive like decade long like character look and 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 like look at this guy's story. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Your points and yeah, which taking the discussion back to George, it is interesting. Or I do want to talk about you mentioned earlier that he makes these choices begrudgingly, and I really like that it's a wonderful life shows that George is visibly frustrated in so many scenes because we it's it's more believable to see a character conflicted when they constantly make these decisions for the betterment of the people they care about at the expense of themselves like that would start to grate on you after a while yeah and yeah the the decisions he makes like weigh on him but you know he continues to make choices that like prevent what he wants and yeah i mean we'll get into it in deeper meaning but cho- like choices are the are the best way like having a, your character make choices are the best way to like reveal character right like if you want to talk about like story and plot right like 
the plot is like what happens, but the story is like the things that go from like plot event to plot event. And when you give your character agency, it makes the story so real. And it's also like an excellent way to like, um, there's a really good lessons from the screenplay video on the dark night and uh, about choices. And like, it's from like uh, Bob McKee, whatever that is like, there's like a book quote, but it's like the greater the pressure, the decisions your character makes, like show their true self, like more. And like, obviously like this is like not the stakes aren't always like super, super high, but George is always, you know, it's, it's like, he's making choices that would benefit him versus benefiting other people. And I think we'll talk about it in deeper meaning, but I think that George reveals his true self through like the choices he makes. And this movie does a really great job of showing us that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in that response, but I mean, yeah, it's definitely a movie about, about choice. And it's, I don't know, this movie's also got like, George is always, it's like, he's provide like his relationship with Potter's very interesting. Potter is like, the big industrialist capitalist guy of the town who kind of, you know, he owns everything and he's kind of Bailey's, you know, the last kind of stance between, you know, maybe American industrialization and, and the common folk. And I think that that relationship plays out good throughout the film. And those kind of choices are, you know what I mean? Like he's offered, you know, money and, and he, he, he almost gets enticed by it. He almost, he almost makes the wrong, you know, or the decision, is, but he doesn't because it's like, you know what I mean? And he continually makes that the same choices over and over again. You know what I mean? And it shows kind of what his character is. This is one of those things where the writing and the acting and everything kind of like synergizes because you have those great scenes uh, I have a quote and it's in my deeper meaning and execution, right? Like it's even like layered into like the themes of the movie too. But I love the scene when his dad passes away and they're at the board meeting. Totally, man. It's like so epic. And he's like, you know, Potter says something like, oh, you just let this rabble get away with everything. And he says something like uh, this rabble you're talking about. Well, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. And it, like, it doesn't matter who says that. Like, that's such good writing. Like, yeah. Like, what a what a cool thing to say for somebody. It's that, no, like, le- I don't it's, know, no, it's just an it electric dude. It's just an electric but, line. But 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 then it's like that line doesn't exist in isolation. It's it's like supported by all these other great scenes in this movie, and it's it's like buoyed by Jimmy Stewart's like excellent performance and his chemistry with Potter, and so many things are happening. Right, like it's like the wheel. Right, this movie just. Just movie. This movie just rolls. Yeah, like, like you just get swept up. Everything in it. clicks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to like break break things down. I know. When you I have know. a really good movie. I was. I was last night. I was watching. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be kind of hard because like I'm like so biased toward. It. Like I'm like, oh, even if it's like seems weird, I'm like, I don't care. Like I love it. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh, I was gonna say something. Yeah, this movie's got lots of like, kind of just like drawn out. Like just nice, great scenes that just engage you the entire time, and you're just like so much emotion, and it's not tons of of you know like exposition, or it's just like these characters, you know, like Mary and and George's relationship is like just lots of these awesome moments, and and then like you, know, it's just it has like excellent pace, and one thing I wanted to highlight is that m- most of the movie looks really good like it kind of has that timeless aspect like you're talking about with with shots and stuff and i think it's edited so well it it does it does move like 
quite good. And like we were talking about, like, you know, like you don't, it doesn't really, it is, I mean, I think it's like a little long, but like it moves really fast. And, and it's also too, it's not the as kind long of like as you remember, man. Like you got to rewatch. But the thing is, the thing, the thing I think why it feels long is because I always, I'm excited for the end. And totally. so like, that's my favorite part, right? Because the, the part where he's actually gone, like seeing him, like as if he's never been born is actually a pretty small it's like part 10 of the minutes, movie. like 10, 15 minutes, dude. Yeah. At the very end. Right. So you kind of like wait the whole time and, but it works so good because it's such good payoff and, and you do get, you get so invested in the character. So when you get to the end of the movie, it really works well. Like you feel rewarded for making it to the end of the movie and it ends on such a great note. Yeah, I totally agree. The ending is unreal too, but I, uh, it's great payoff. But I also think like the character work is like quite excellent too. You know what I mean? Cause there's some movies out there that's like, you just like the ending, but this movie, I was like, just like enjoying it the entire time. So many scenes bring you joy. Like there's so many, even when they're like a little kid, which we'll talk about in like the performance power hour. Yeah. Like George's yeah. little kid is it's so sweet. Hot dog. Like, like it is all the, the yeah. 40s. It's just so awesome. Man. Like, <laughs> I know this movie has a, a lot of humor to it as well. Like organically stuff that makes me actually laugh out loud. Um, like, and it's, it's so subtle. Um, the one example that I, I actually laughed at this time. So I wrote it down is when he, goes to Mary's house when he's kind of like, he doesn't want to fall in love with yeah, her. He wants to get like, out of town. So yeah. 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 And he can't like, op- she's like, Oh, come on in. And he like, can't open the gate. He's yeah. Like, he sits there for like, and that's an intentional. And I don't know, maybe there's a story behind it. Like they just, he couldn't figure it out and they kept it in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just so funny. There's so many little scenes like that where, and the movie has a lot of, there's a, they make the town feel like a character. Like it's populated with like the taxi driver and the cop, like Burton Ernie and all his friends and Mr. Gower. And they all, and everyone knows they're, them. they're always like present. Even the guy, the like bridge guard, when they jump into the, like yeah, he saves Clarence, yeah. he meets Clarence and he's just sitting there like acting all spooked by Clarence. And he's just kind of there like existing in the world. And he seems real and organic. Yeah, it feels and, like and a lived in world. Genuinely. Yeah. And it's so, it, there's so many, moments that are just funny like that totally and like you just think of like a small towns in like america or canada like that that, that are like this that would have been like this you know what i mean like so i think yeah it does feel like a very lived in world and and it's just yeah i mean it's just a fun fun movie and it's like just so so heartwarming and i think the real like we'll talk about it later but like the story is just like it's so excellent like and it just really you know blows it makes this movie into like a you know a a masterpiece maybe yeah yeah Yeah. i did want to okay don't don't get mad at me okay well i gotta one thing too i was i did notice okay maybe two to three shitty cuts in this movie okay that's that's literally what i was just gonna talk there was one of uncle billy that was a little bit jarring yes with the paper yeah with the paper i mean also though and then and then george on the phone yeah there's a couple crappy cuts but i mean it's also like who cares like alien has crappy has a crappy cut too pardon alien has like an infamous bad cut 1979 alien yeah Um, just sweet but to me though it's just especially jarring because so much of the rest of the movie is so clean Mm -hmm. like it just really sticks out it's not like it's like it's it's just really surprising it's like why did they like cut because it and it's not like 
they're just like the the frame isn't really changing like it's the same characters but they just like cut it and then it, it it's a weird it's really weird definitely a bit but at least it's not like a thousand things like amazing spider-man 2 which is like a nightmare I've, I've still never seen amazing spider-man 2 i don't think i'm going to no it's so fun dude it's so fun with that being said are you good to move on yeah i mean you could honestly you could talk about the story for like 10 hours so i mean it's like we don't i don't call it 10 hours no it's just watch the movie like man just watch the movie if you're listening to this right now stop what you're doing go home and watch it's a wonderful if life. you haven't seen this right movie, now you're a bum yeah you're like canceled. you can quote that yeah <laughs> okay uh moving on aesthetics and visuals so cinematography soundtrack effects so music is by dimitri tiomkin cinematography is by joseph walker joseph brock and one thing i've really noticed our batman episode really made me realize they don't really credit special effects no people never as much that's yeah, why when i saw movie, the oh just in batman when i saw the the the, the special effects for the penguin guy and i said just brought that up that's all so honestly. which they totally should more so this movie they did the studio is called RKO. I don't know what that stands for, but the effects lead is Russell Shearman, and he did some pretty amazing work on this movie, which we'll talk about. So, yeah, did you watch this movie in black and white or color? I've never. I will never ever watch, watch it in color. No, I'll never watch it in color either. No. Yeah, black and white. I think it adds like I love and black and white movies. Is a great aesthetic. Yeah, totally. I think it's a lot cleaner too. Like I don't know. Like it. Um, in black and white, it, it, I don't know, it's just easier for my brain to comprehend an older movie like this in black and white, you know what I mean? To me, I'm like, okay, I'm watching an older movie, black and white, it's fun, it's cool. Um, but yeah, but for cinematography for me, I mean, I wouldn't, this is, obviously everything's well done, it doesn't, you know, look crappy or anything, but I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, movie isn't famous for its, you know, sweeping shots or, you know, it's got some really, like, cool, like, I really like some of the close-up shots, like one of my favorite shots of in, in many movies is when he kind of starts figuring out like that, like, holy shit, I was never born. And it's a zoom up on his face and Jimmy Stewart's just going off like he always is. And you're just like, oh my goodness, what a good scene. And that's a scene like, that's one of those scenes you'll see in those YouTube, like, oh, best acting of all time compilations. And it's just, you know, it's just great. It's just, just a zoom up on his face, no words. He's just freaking out. And you're like, it's about what I would do if that if that happened to me. So um yeah and there's another close up at the beginning of the movie too when he's getting his suitcase and he's measuring with his arms and just looks it's just some some good shots but you know and everything's well like fairly well done but it's it's not like it didn't blow me away or game changing or the fake snow looked hilarious i love it well that's actually an interesting story like a snow. <laughs> so some of it was <laughs> yeah but so russell russell Shearman, so, um, he actually invented a new kind of fake snow for this movie. So pr- prior to this movie, they used like white cornflakes, like they painted cornflakes white. But the problem with that was when actors were in a scene, you could hear the crunch of the cornflakes. <laughs> and so Frank Capra wanted to like, he really wanted to like not dub it over. So Russell Shearman, cr- they created like a new chemical, basically like a chemical snow with like the stuff used in fire extinguishers like sugar water and soap flakes and they use like so much of this stuff because they 
Bedford Falls was like a big outdoor set that they built. It was like four hectares big and they covered it in snow. Yeah. And they planted like real oak trees, like full grown oak trees there. Wow. And yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah. That main drag looks awesome though. Like looks awesome. Yeah. You talk about like, obviously they're limited by the technology, but man, I love a good set. And you, yeah, you could tell like it looks good. Like yeah. all the little the city and that main drag, it, like Bedford Falls really does feel like its own character in this movie. Like it's just like this little town and, and it's like, it obviously feels like, you know, Hollywood it up, but you don't, you don't photograph the reality. You photograph the photograph of the reality. <laughs> yeah. That's a Jack, Nic- that's a Jack Nicholson quote. Sweet. And it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, like you just, you just, it's just this quaint little town and full of these quaint little people. And, and it looks so good. It's so cool. They built this town. The only two like real locations was like the gymnasium swimming pool and like yeah. one of the houses, like Mr. Martini's house, I think. Um, yeah. It took them two months to build. Like, I love that stuff. I love real sets. Like we love yeah, that. that we love that. Voice. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Practical effects are the, are, are the best thing ever. And that's why, and that's why this movie looks better than some movies that are that were came out in the 2000s and the 2010s because they like they this movie ages like fine wine because it's practical sets and effects that look awesome and obviously they didn't have the tech for cgi back then but still like it's just like a, like and just these movies are just like uh you know it's just like it rewards their hard work and and set design and creativity we were talking about with i just want to go back quickly to like cinema the cinematography and like black and white and the cameras and stuff like I think a black and white movies, they can kind of help movies to age well because I think you can hide some of some yeah. of the like thickness of it. So like the one scene that I really like in this movie, from from like an effects perspective, is the bridge scene because that's obviously like a set, but it looks like so good when they like shine the light down into the river, and like I was watching, it, I was like, how did they make this? Like it looks like it's like. I like I don't know where if they're actually outside or like in a studio somewhere, but it looks like so good. And I think that scene in color would not be so good because you have the contrast, right? Like it's black and yeah, white. Totally. So you just see like the silhouette of the bridge and like you see the snow falling and like the light, right? And like they can kind of like direct your eye to like what's important. And if that's in color, I mean, it's still gonna be like dark. So maybe it wouldn't be so bad as I'm like suggesting, but it, it it just like looks really good. Like it yeah, looks so it looks believable. Good. I'm like, ooh, that's a chilly like bridge. I wouldn't want to be there. Yeah, totally. And like how the and how that fake snow is sticking to George, you're like, oof. Just looks good. And <laughs> Yeah. And then the other thing that's cool about this movie too, you're talking about like the sweating. Uh this is more of like a trivia thing, but this movie was actually filmed in like July. In the middle of a heat wave, oh, really? so yeah, yeah. that's why that's why he's so sweaty because so it was yeah. like yeah, like but but it adds to the movie. No, yeah, to me, like it's just like he's f- just going nutty, man. Like, freaked out, yeah. yeah, running around town like losing it, and that's the thing with cameras, man. Is like if you if you frame it right, it's all about like what you want to focus on, and that scene is like you. I was going to talk about it too, but it's such a great because we're just we're focused on his performance. We're focused on him. We see his fear. And it just works so good. And there's less, there's just lots of good like people talking shots in this movie, right? There's no really like tracking people things. Talking everything's shots, everything's just like placed, but like we see the set, we see what's going on. There's people moving around. Everything just feels like really believable. It looks good. It's clean. 
like this movie to me doesn't look like it's from 1946. Like yeah. it looks like it's from the sixties, but it's not. The Jimmy Stewart uh, punch looks really good still too. Like it looks like he actually wears one, which is a lot of older. Don't movies. let me hurt. Yeah. What does he say to him? He's like, don't make me hit you again, Bert. <laughs> and even when he gets punched too, he gets, he gets oh, like, yeah. just a great style. Like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I think everything like looks relatively good, even still, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. cause some old things can totally like draw me out of a movie. Like I was, I wasn't, I wasn't watching one, but I went to see uh, the new Godzilla and I was looking at some footage from some of the old ones, yeah. like the old Japanese ones. And it's like, it's so dated that I'm like, I, I wouldn't even be able to watch that without being like drunk with my friends or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. obviously they're completely different things. I, I was just saying that in like the terms of older movies. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think we've talked about cinematography. We've talked about effects, but we haven't really talked about the music so much. So I think this one is kind of hard to talk about, but I just want to talk about it. Cause I have something funny to say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like there's not really like a score or like a soundtrack to this movie. So most of the music you hear is, is diegetic. So it's like music that the characters yeah. are hearing, like they're at a concert or something. Or ra- yeah, radio or something. Or- yeah. So there's that great scene of them like dancing the Charleston with like the live band at the dance. And then the big, like the big song from this movie is like the Buffalo gal song that yeah. everybody knows. Up until this viewing, which I watched with subtitles, I thought they were saying Buffalo Bills, like the football team. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know why. Honestly, like, though, like, I, I was like, I was like, what? Like, they're not saying Buffalo Bills? <laughs> Let's go Bills, Bills Nation. Bills Nation. Bills Mafia, I think it's called. Bills Mafia, bro. That's hilarious, actually. No, I pretty, yeah. Buffalo Bill. Or maybe, like, they're saying Buffalo Bill, like the guy from the Silence of the Lambs. I know. Do you think I'm sexy? <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, and then the movie ends with like the really great, you know, everybody singing Hark the, Hark the Heralds, um, which is like not a super religious person, but that song slaps. Like some some religious based Christian songs I love or Christmas songs I love. The best Christmas song of all time, bro. That thing goes so hard. Hark the Hark the Hark the Heralds. Oh yeah, dude. Is, I, Hark, is it Hark the Heralds or Hark the Angels? Yeah, I think it's Hark the Herald Angels sing. Yeah, Hark the Heralds, yeah. Um, they also sing that other one. Um, Auld Lang Syne. Yeah, Auld Lang Syne, yeah, which is also like Dude, really good. The, I'm starting to tear up right now just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> that song makes me cry. I know, every time. Play, that, play that song at my funeral. I swear yeah. to God. Like, it's so good. It's so good, um, yeah. I don't even know. I think Auld Lang Syne means like old times. Like, it's about like seeing yeah, it's old like, friends. It's like, it's like farewell to old times or something like that. Something yeah. Like I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But like that song makes me feel things. Yeah, dude. That uh, yeah, and it's just it's perfectly laid out like in the ending. Right? Yeah, God. Ugh. Yeah, it's like such like the movie, man. Like like I just you like it's just so good. Like it's so. I want to watch this movie again. It hits me on every level, like every time. Like I don't know, and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm super biased. So like people, like if you don't like it, don't don't, don't come for us. Don't come for us because I'm not the guy <laughs> you're gonna want to talk about if you don't like it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I will take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know what? If you don't like this movie, just don't be friends with us anymore. Yeah. I don't know if I can really trust someone who doesn't <laughs> want to, that's perhaps the biggest red flag ever. <laughs> yeah. Like you, like, like, yeah. Yeah. I hate it's a wonderful life. I'd be like a twin yeah, finger, whatever <laughs> swipe or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fight on sight. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I think it's time for performance power hour. So again, this is kind of tough to talk about because 
like I haven't seen tons of movies with these people, but we can talk about the characters that we really like. And I, I like really, I think commend, I really commend the cast. Like everybody, even the secondary and tertiary characters just do so good. They're so pleasant to watch and believable. And yeah, I just feel like Bedford Falls could be like a real place. And obviously like, yeah, like Jimmy Stewart, like James Stewart just absolutely kills it as George Bailey. And yeah, I don't know. Like what is his accent? Like, I don't know how that guy talks, but it works. Like it's so good. I have no clue. Like I have no clue, but he's like, my car, where's my car? Yeah. Like he is unreal in it. And I just love, he's just that dude, bro. Like whenever you see him, it's, it's electric. He plays or has a really good, a really good performance. Like he plays, you know, the young George Bailey really well, full of ambition. And he, and he also plays the George Bailey who's, you know, struggled with, you know, the issues of life for years and is more beaten down. And but he's just, he's got this energy throughout the entire movie. You know what I mean? Cause it's, in this universe, the Baileys kind of have, the George Bailey's kind of seem to have this ambition. He's, he's, he's smart. He's kind of like, he's not an ordinary yokel like Potter would say. And he plays that really good to me. Like this guy, someone I'm like, yeah, like I could see him being, because he's a cornerstone in his community, pretty much. You know what I mean? He helps. Pretty much his whole thing is is um his his family and his, and his father owned the Bailey Building alone, and and it's a uh, pretty much it's a a building alone that's not out there to make profits. It's out there to you know to help the, the common yokel, and and he just plays that that common yokel that guy really good. That's just Potter said that, and it's kind of electric. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I just think, yeah. And I think, you know, Mary's, you know, Mary's actor, you know, also Donna has, Reed. Yeah, Donna Reed is also like, uh, first of all, like she's, she's beautiful in this movie and, and she has a pretty like awesome, they have really good chemistry, I'd say. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart, like, so good. He kind of, in, so good. and it's not like this, the typical cringy kind of just like, oh, but it's like really kind of interesting, unique chemistry. Like you kind of believe their, their story. And yeah. And like even, and just like, because this movie has multiple like generations of actors, and like I don't, I don't think it's like the kid ones are even good, and all the tertiary characters like you know like Ernie and and um yeah like Ma Bailey and and all these people and then Harry and they all just like do well like I don't know, you know what I mean? And it's it's cool too because we see <laughs> your comment earlier like the first this is the first multiverse movie. Um, we see a lot of these characters in in the reality where George is never born and like his mom completely transforms that actress. It's like a different person. <laughs> I think her name, her name is Bula Bondi. Like she's just turns into this crab. Like she was like this lovely mom and then in the real world. And then she's just this like nasty lady. And uh, even Nick, the bartender. And, so like, good, man. Mr. Gower's character in that, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, you pixies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how what is he says something like out the door or the window? Yeah, I don't like, care. Something like that. Yeah, it's a really classic uh, American Italian accent going on. It's just it's yeah. just fun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I did. Yeah, I I did want to agree with you, and I just wanted to highlight the child actors. I don't know if they went on to make more movies, but I really appreciated the kind of three, which it's like little George, little Violet, and little Mary. So uh, Bobby Anderson plays little George. Janine and Roos plays little Violet, and uh, Jean Gale plays Little Mary, and I kind of talked about it earlier, but I really love that scene, and just kind of sets up Mary and George's romance yeah. really good because George doesn't have hearing in his ear, and he's going to get he's making ice cream for Mary, and she like 
She's just a sweet little girl. She leans in his ear and, and she's like, George Bailey, like, I love you to the day I die. And yeah, I think, and Donna Reed to me too, I think is so good in this movie because she just, we'll talk about it more in like deeper meaning execution, but she's kind of like the emotional core of this movie totally. and kind of like represents, you kind of have like Potter on one hand and then like Mary on the other. They're kind of like composites opposite of each other. Totally. Yeah. And she just plays this, like such a compassionate, loving person so well. Um, but the back to the child actors, the one, the one bad, I was watching this and I was like, man, like, how did they film this? Like, this is such a great performance from a child actor. It's so believable. Um, Mr. Gower's actor was actually drunk and actually slapped the shit out of that kid. Okay. Yeah. His, his ear was actually bleeding. Oh my God. That's kind of messed. But like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, Mr. Gower in that scene is like, yeah. I'm like, it's so emotional. Like, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that, he, that actually he, makes sense to me. Yeah, Bobby Anderson in an interview. It's just crazy too, like how much times have changed. Like even watching this movie, um, it's just kind of like an aside, right? But like the alcohol, like they he just like drinks and drives, like it's no problem. But um, yeah, Bobby Anderson, the actor, did an interview and was like, yeah, like he was such a good actor, man. Like he actually hit me and like I actually bled and he gave me a hug after and I was like, man, like. That would never happen today, like, and for the better. Like, be I don't old, think yeah. that should ever be okay. I don't think that's chill. Yeah, I don't think that's chill, especially for a kid actor. But yeah, obviously, I do got to highlight some things. There is obviously some aged things going on in this movie, like, like just culture, like to some women and stuff like that. But like, it, we don't have to get into that. I'm just saying, like, it's obviously a movie made a long time ago that has different, different viewpoints. But it doesn't take me out of it, though. I wasn't like, I'm just saying, like, it's something you gotta. It's not egregious, like. Yeah, it is important to acknowledge, I think, like when you're talking about stuff like this and yeah, like you if you've seen it, you'll you'll like know what we're talking about. But I also don't think it's like super, super bad. Like No, no, no. Um, it's just something you know, to like there's uh, stuff you notice, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I don't really know what else like I also like uh Lionel Barrymore who plays Mr. Potter, like he's such a creepy old man. He's just such a dude. Like, super good. He's- I, Uncle Billy, I kind of have like a love hate relationship with because that guy is so dumb. <laughs> but that's your character, like, man. Like, dude, I know, but I just like I have some interesting person on him, bro. Would, what's your take? I just think like I just think it's deeper meaning thing. I'll get into it later, but okay, I have some stuff to discuss. Um, because dude, I looked it up. Eight thousand dollars in nineteen forty-six is one hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. I know. That's also hilarious too. He's like, like George Bailey goes feral because he gets offered twenty grand a year. I'm like, holy shit! Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, he's making. That's another like subtly funny scene I love when he when Potter's like, oh, like what are you making? Forty dollars a week, and he's like like, forty-five. Yeah, like I make forty-five actually. (laughs) It's just like it's like oh man. Well, no, he's just like he's just being defensive. I think it's just so funny. But yeah, I mean, there's not really, you know, man, I love, but there's so many, like, yeah, so many, so many little good. moments. Like, I love, yeah, I love Bert and Ernie, the Bert taxi Ernie driver awesome. and, the, and the cop. Yeah, there's just, yeah, there's not really much we can really say, especially because yeah. we don't have, I like Violet, like, only seen, Violet's actors really good too. And yeah, she's great. Yeah, man, I think, uh, I'm good to move on if, if you are. Yeah, I don't I've, have, I've only seen what, like maybe Maybe Vertigo and Rearview Window with Jimmy Stewart as well. So maybe a couple more, but so it's like, but I mean, 
he's just an icon and everyone knows it though. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? So. I just want to clarify too, even though we're lacking context, these are still great performances. You can watch the movie and judge for yourself that totally. they're great performances exactly. and we don't need that context, but it's just, it's harder to like talk about it. You don't have as much experience with, with the actors and things like that. So um, moving on to execution and deeper meaning. So directing attraction themes. This film was directed by Frank Capra. Yeah, I think this movie's got some like pretty like, you know, pretty nuanced themes, some very heavy shit. And, you know, obviously it's got some like, you know, capitalism and industrialization versus how that fares out for the common folk themes with Potter and, and Bailey. And it's also got this, you know, this, this thing that lots of people struggle with when you know they're you kind of you're grown up and you're you're kind of taught you can live all these amazing dreams and you can be the the main character of the narrative but to you know lots of americans and canadians and whoever else this isn't true and and lots of your life is you know working and, and struggling and to make ends meet and i think that's it's a really nuanced look at that which is you know fun to look at and, and analyze what do you think yeah, I think there's there's like the big meanings from this movie, right? That are very like explicit. Uh, one thing that I noticed this time before that I've never noticed before is there's a portrait of George's dad, like Mr. Bailey, in the Bond and Loan building, and under his portrait says, "All you can take with you is that which you've given away." Yeah, I noticed which that. I've never noticed. Too. I never noticed that before. But yeah, like. It, at the end of the movie, right, like the whole point is like each man's life touches so many other lives and remember, remember no man is a failure who has friends. So those are like pretty big, like take home messages. But I think a lot of what you're talking about is a lot, is like a lot more nuanced. Um, and yeah, it's even like um, to touch on what you're on, uh, Nerd Writer has an excellent video on the themes of this movie about like individual versus community. And his is more kind of connecting to contemporary times and like the political landscape in the United States. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a really great contrast, right? You kind of have the community who, if there's a character that resembles him, it's Mary. And then, you know, the individual pursuits and desires, which is represented by Potter. And yeah, it's an excellent, excellent contrast, right? Like George kind of like wants to become rich and famous and, and wealthy, which I don't even think it's like portrayed as that. He just, he just has dreams, right? Like I think he says to Mary, he's like, I want to do what I want to do at one point. And yeah, it's, it's really awesome to see this, this conflict play out. It's like George is like deemed to be, he's looked out to be a pretty smart, pretty smart dude. And I think that what he struggles with is he never gets to do anything he wants. You know, he has to sacrifice a lot for, for others. And I think, you know, the, the ending, you know, like when his brother, Harry, you know, says, you know, to my brother, the richest man in town, it makes me goddamn cry every time because it's like it's just so emotional. And obviously, this movie's got themes of like consequence too. And you know, like when he's never born, his he wasn't there to save his brother. His brother wanted him to be a war war hero who saved all thousands of men. And just like this, you know, interesting look at that too. Like where you know, because lots of people like there's lots of in lots of people's lives and in everyone's life, you know, there's that what if oh, what if I did that? Oh, I should have done that. But like, you know what I mean. It's just the like it just rolls on, you know. Like the great Sopranos, you know, the great wind carries me across the sky, you know. So, mm -hmm. well, and I think too, I'm a big proponent of you have to make the grass green where you are, 
And even though George, you know, maybe initially wanted to leave his community and go down the Potter route, which I have an interesting topic to talk about them, but you know, he enriches his community in so many ways or helps to enrich it. And I think, you know, the, like Bedford Falls is like an like objectively better place for him being in it. And he's still able to have all these things in his life that are so like meaningful. And I think everybody can really connect to that and resonate to that idea because we all have, and again, right. It's what we were talking about last episode. It's, it's about like the people, right? Like he, he had all these friends that he, you know, and kind of my thing with, with George is George is not a perfect person. I think there's times in the movie very deliberately where we're shown him to be make less than optimal choices. And, you know, he's quite rude to his daughter's teacher. He drinks and drives and does some other questionable things, but his life isn't just those choices. Like it's, it's everything he's done. And at very pivotal moments in his life, he made choices that helped out a lot of people. And like, people remember that. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of have like Mary representing that like goodness and like she has that like constant love for him. And like, that's what matters is that like he has people in his life that like he loves and love him and he's not always going to make the right choice. But because he has those relationships, his life has infinite amount of meaning more than any like riches or wealth or travel like will ever give him. Totally. And like, that's exactly like what you're hitting on the head, man. And I think it's it's also, you know, because there is, you know, this idea in, in lots of, you know, Western culture where it's like to be successful, you, you have to be that guy, you know, the, the rich the rich wealthy guy and this this movie also shows you that it's not all about that it's about the connections you make and, and the people you help and just it's just really it's still resonant to like the to this day and I, every time i watch it, i'm like yeah it's got great great important themes that, and, and it's joyful heartwarming oh my billy mm-hmm. thing though i got some there's some I, stuff going there's something you, going on there but yeah you go before you, go. you say that though can i say yeah this watch around i really noticed a parallel between George and Potter more. And I think more than ever, I, well, not more than ever, but I really realized this watch that Potter also, that lifestyle also kind of represents temptation. And he even like kind of tempts him with that job, right? But even the dialogue they use, because when George is going to go to Europe, he's going to go on a cattle boat. He's going to like work with cattle. And then later on, he like accuses potter of treating people like cattle and i thought that was very interesting dialogue and mm-hmm. i kind of realized how maybe george could have ended up more like potter right like yeah there's you know, that he mirror, got like, seduced right? by that right yeah so it was just it was just interesting this time around your comment really like made me think of that yeah that's a great point actually and that's make me thinking you know because george is shown to be be ambitious you know what i mean so maybe it's kind mm-hmm. of a mirror of what unbridled ambition can can turn into or or the mirror of that so yeah i think you got a point there for sure potter respects him too right yeah the, like a lot yeah because i think potter like is potter trying to take him down the in like the entire his entire life pretty much you know what i mean and it's kind of and there's that part too where right at the beginning um potter called uh george calls potter and a frustrated warped old man and Potter later in the movie, when when his kind of life is going downhill majorly, he calls, "But you're just a, a frustrated, warped young man, right?" So there is definitely some sort of parallels parallel that them. the directors yeah. of, like he's trying to show that. I think at least mm-hmm. totally. Me too. 
Okay, what's your Uncle Billy theory? I don't have a theory. I just think it's interesting, like, that maybe he represents, like, like innocence, like, child innocence, because he's shown to be really innocent and kind, but he's also got this weird thing with animals. Like, he has, like, a pet squirrel and, like, a pet crow, and there's definitely something going on there. And he's kind of, like, he kind of reminds me of, of the Clarence character, like, just this nice, like, these guys are the true innocence of the world, maybe? Mm-hmm. That's just all I was saying, you know. But oh my god, yeah, dude. If oh my god, Uncle Billy's an idiot, though, man. Like if I lost hundred thousand oh, dollars, that scene's also so good when when George is flipping out on him, and you're like, oh yeah, excellent. You know, Billy from is, both of them. Yeah, he just he's like, I can't think anymore. But yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Side note: This is a little bit of cool trivia I learned preparing for this episode. You know the scene when he's drunk. Uncle Billy's drunk and he stumbles off and you hear crashing and he's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. He actually fell in the movie. Yeah. The, yeah. That was actually um, like a camp, like a, like a, a film crew that like dropped something, dropped equipment. And they were saying like, I'm okay. I'm okay. So it wasn't oh, actually oh. Uncle Billy. It was just some random oh. guy. But then Frank Capra was like, that's kind of good. Makes the, it makes the scene better. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I like movie trivia stuff like that's cool. Yeah. Um, somehow, sometimes like stuff just happens, right? Like the bit, the best example is the like, uh, Han Solo, like, I love you, I know thing. Like, that was just ad-libbed, and they're like, oh, man, this works so good. Yeah. Also in Nightcrawler, when Jake Gyllenhaal smashes that, uh, he's, like, freaking out, and he smashes the, it's like a bathroom vanity door with a mirror on it, and the mirror actually smashed and broke his, and cut his finger. Ooh. So his reaction's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he looks in the mirror, and he's like, oh, because his finger's, like, cut in, like, <laughs> like, cut it with glass, like, really bad. Jeez. Um... Yeah, that's a really interesting theory. I, I was, I had that there's in my some, notes there's too. There's something I, there because those wild, yeah. like they're wild animals specifically. Yeah, he's just like squirrels and crows. And yeah, stuff. like yeah, yeah and, he's just, and they're just like yeah, it's just weird. I yeah, I I don't know why he has those, but that's a really I like that theory. That's cool. Do you think though? Okay, <laughs> we talked about a lot about like choices, right? And like you know, like George makes all these choices for other people, but. Do you think that, like, I think you can make the argument that just George can set boundaries. <laughs> you know, like, he never does anything for himself. And I think it's very, like, honorable and commendable a lot of the things he does. But I also think in today's society where we have, like, an emphasis on mental health and, like, taking care of ourselves, we have a better understanding of that people have limits. And, I, like, I, I think watching this, I'm like, I'm kind of, I know it's like, but it's just kind of interesting. It's just kind of fun. I know where you're coming from. I don't think the movie's portraying like that. I think it's kind of portraying that he's kind of got like this moral, like he's like Batman. Like he's got this moral thing that he kind of has to do. Like how Batman won't kill people, basically won't sell out to Potter. Because even like when he's like, he's very enticed by that, uh, tra- that job offer. And um, he just like, then all of a sudden he's like, what the hell am I thinking? No, like I know. bro, like I love that scene too. Yeah, because he's it's like so he's good. like twenty thousand, and then literally in ten seconds, like what the hell? No, what am I thinking? No, Potter's a scumbag. Like it's such a good scene. It's so good, and and kind of like what you're talking about with the like in industrial versus like the yokel, as you put it. Like, um. This movie was actually investigated by the FBI for being too communist. <laughs> That's awesome. That makes me love it even more, actually. That makes me like it even more. I do think that, um, you know, um, 
like there is something to be said there. And, and I think that's why this resonates with people because like, I feel like, like my gen and your generation is, um, we're kind of getting to a point where like, uh, like I, I have a friend in, in med school and we were talking about this, how like, or he just finished med school. Um, but you know, back in the eighties and nineties, people were willing to work these like 80, hundred hour a week jobs because they would make a bunch of money and then they could like buy a house and go on these trips and do all these things. And life is just so not affordable now for a variety yeah, of reasons. Yeah, you can't even but do that. One now, of them yeah. is is corporate greed. And it's people are just realizing it's like, you know what? It's not worth it. Like, why should I work like 80 hours? I can't afford anything. I'll just work 40, rent, just rent something and then enjoy my time. And yeah, this movie is really maintains that sentiment because that's exactly it's the same thing happening in Bedford Falls, right? Like you have this really rich guy who's super greedy, who has like monopoly on the market. And it's like that quote I was talking about earlier, right? Like this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? And like to me, big believer in like universal human value. And I, like to me, that's just such a beautiful quote. Like everybody, nobody asked to be born. Like everybody has to live their life. They don't have a choice. And it's like, yeah. why do we like, why, like, why can't we live? Why can't we help each other out and like yeah. live in a community and all have nice places to live that are affordable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, why do people need to make astronomically more money than the average person? Like why, what, what, like how much money do you really need? Yeah. I like that too. Like you, you're thinking about that, talking about the FBI. That's going to make me thinking that this movie is like a theme for how you know, capitalism, like it erodes, like the, the traditional American values and, and tradition of people, you know, cause when George, who is maybe the communist in this movie, he's, when he's gone, when he goes, when he's never born, like Bedford Falls is a shithole. Like it's called Potterville and it's full of bars and, and speakeasies and, and this stuff and how, you know, potentially I'm just grasping at straws here, but I think that's, that's a fun, fun way to look at this movie. And definitely I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm going to connect this back to the nerd writer thing. And I just want to highlight one thing. And I, it, it's a really good video. It talks about a lot about like what we're talking about, but I don't think we co-opted too many of its arguments. Um, yeah, I mean, I never, maybe, I've never yeah, seen it, so he, I'm yeah. not going to take any crap there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, just what you're talking about, that video really gets more into like American ideals and individualism versus capitalism. Hi, Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, the one thing I really want to highlight is he notes how George is like never rewarded for his decisions for most of his decisions until the end of the movie. He's punished, and you know, he loses his hearing for saving his brother. He gets beat for stopping Mr. Gower. He misses his honeymoon. And even though in the end, it's like, oh, it was all worth it. Like, I think there's a really strong argument that the right thing to do is always the right thing to do, regardless of the, the con- like, regardless of yeah. your reward. And I think, I think the like real reward of this movie was like, even though like everybody bails him out, like he was a fully prepared to like go to jail because he realizes that like, the impact all his decisions have made in his life and that like his, his life was still worth it a hundred percent. And I guess we should like, you know, maybe we should have like had like a disclaimer at the beginning. We haven't really talked about suicide, but like we'll put like the suicide helpline and stuff in the bio just in yeah. case you're like listening, whatever. 
because this movie is about suicide. We haven't really talked about it till now, but it's a really like this movie is really hopeful and super super good movie to watch if you're feeling down. Yeah, the move the whole entire movie's out kind of outside like that because when they're getting, he's like, oh, he's seriously either their angels are talking. He's like, he's seriously considering throwing away God's greatest gift, which is awesome because like it, I like how that. That's actually a thing they haven't talked about, and maybe I didn't have to think about when I was younger as well. But it's really portrayed nicely in this movie. It's very optimistic, and obviously, it's a very nuanced topic. And I'm not going to get into much, but I think it's cool. It's it's um heartwarming in this movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, mom. Hi, mom. She want to come say hi? Okay, she can be on the podcast if she wants to be. Okay. Um. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about is just the history of this movie and kind of connected to like a real world hot topic issue now um, with, with streaming. Right. So we've talked, I don't know if we've talked about it on mic, but um, we've talked a bit lately about how physical media is kind of disappearing and movies are just going to disappear off the planet of the earth. (laughs) Yeah. And this movie is a prime example of why that's so bad because when they came out, you, you did mention it earlier in the podcast, it was a big flop. And it didn't, it lost a bunch of money and it got pretty lukewarm critical reception. How, bro? I have no clue. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, but and it, didn't, yeah, it didn't become big until the 70s because there was an issue with the copyright and then everyone could it play it on free. TV, ro- royalty free. Yeah. And the thing I want to say is just not having physical releases of things means that we're literally going to lose movies. And there are are really good movies right like this movie changed my life and you know what i mean it's like now if this movie was made now it would just like hbo they just take it off hbo they'd be like i'm not gonna release it and it's it's too because like there's so many movies come out every year and there's so many good ones that you can never see and and eventually they'll just come out and in three years they'll be gone and no one no one will blink an eye and it's terrifying there's somebody more will not monopolize them all and yeah to summarize, this movie is truly wonderful. It's such an amazing viewing experience. It's it's such an important movie to me personally. It's such an important movie to our family. If you haven't seen this movie, You're I highly a recommend watching it. You're a bud? You're a bum. <laughs> so, oh, a bum. Yeah, and yeah, man, even just talking about this, like I thought this episode was going to be like half an hour, and we've been talking for... I could talk for another like, an hour and 15 minutes. Well, is there anything else you want to talk about? Before no, we... I got to get going here soon. So, Yeah, I know. I got I to gotta eat dinner. But I think for me, I'd say that this is the X Factor part. I'd say it's really it's really the plot of the movie. I think this movie is, you know, it's something that like inspired, directly inspired some movies. Like 17 again is definitely a rip off of uh, this movie. And I think that's uh, just interesting and, and, and cool. Yeah, it's definitely... The original story was a book or based something? on, it was a short story, but it was inspired by a Christmas Carol, which is my second favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Also a baby. And yeah, I mean, it, it is so influential. It's, it's such an important movie for so many things. And, uh, I don't, we I have nothing left to say. Yeah. I mean, I think we've hit on the head, man. It's, it's like a truly, uh, Maybe like it's a masterclass movie to me, and I, I seriously love it. It's one of my favorite movies of. I don't know. It's in my list of favorite movies wherever you know 
like I don't have a ranking or anything, but it's, you know, a top a hundred movie that I've seen in my life. And yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Yeah. I guess we just want to say, you know, thanks to everybody for listening. I think this will be our eighth episode. We recently hit a hundred play like individual unique device plays yeah, on, go. On, on our podcast. So, you know, thank you for everybody for, for your support and, um, we're really like enjoying doing the podcast and, and getting people's feedback and we're going to continue to do it in the new year. But yeah, I guess for now, we're probably going to take a little break for a bit, probably like Holidays, a few weeks you know? or like a month. Yeah. And me and Carson are going to be, you know, partying hard <laughs> on Christmas over Christmas yep. year. And, uh, I think from, from us at the, from the Foy family, we just want to wish you happy holidays and, hey, and Christmas, and, and wish happy you Hanukkah, peace and whatever happiness. You celebrate. Whatever, yeah, wherever you celebrate, however you celebrate, just be safe and, and have a great holiday season. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Deuces. Merry Christmas. What? I said deuces again. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>